0: it's uh the morning of thursday 26th of january uh efforts to do a podcast last night were uh went completely out of the window um six years ago when we crossed the empty quarter from salala to doha we had two enormous sandstorms that um all we could do was roll up in our blankets and lay, lie on the sand we didn't have tents at all um And eventually they blew through after 12, 16 hours. But, uh, you know, just all you would have seen had you driven past uh, on that morning was just uh, body-shaped mounds in the sand. And uh, so we were completely covered and sat up to shake the sand off our sleeping bags, etc. And uh, last night was nowhere near as bad as that, but it was pretty unpleasant. For the first time we had sand flying and uh, uh, everything literally flying. Uh, A couple of the local the Bedouin community came over and invited us into their tents and warned us of the wolves should we stay here but uh, stay here we did and uh, getting on towards midnight the wind started to abate but by then we were all rolled up in sleeping bags and um, and trying to see out the night but it's a much more pleasant morning now the sun is rising it's picking up some beautiful colour on some clouds in the sky first sparrows are calling we're in a lovely little spot uh, a couple of low dunes with some acacia scrub and uh, over- overlooked by some lovely lovely mountains again with much evidence of pre-history and uh, lots of old burial mounds and tombs looking down upon us from on high. So um, we're on the brink of um, the community of Taif. Um We will be reaching Tyfe later on today but it's worth Talking before we get into Taif of yesterday, because yesterday was a fantastic walk that Reem and I had in the morning, crossing uh, albeit a small area of Harat. But Harat is the Arabic word for lava field. So remember, we spoke in the podcast about the East African Rift Valley extending up through uh, Arabia, and uh, so we're very much in volcanic country yesterday. And Harat is really, really difficult ground uh very difficult to take a vehicle and almost impossible you have to stick on what bedouin tracks exist otherwise you a you're gonna have a puncture b you're just you're not gonna be able to go anywhere and um as Reem and i walked yesterday uh the ground became more and more beautiful but more and more challenging uh, great fissures of cracks in the rock which uh either of us could have easily fallen down really had we lost our footing you know some of them 20 foot deep it's, it was like stepping across a crevasse field uh going across greenland many years ago which i've done the, the new moon is with us now the hillel moon has been uh up first thing um pretty early in the evening and uh getting higher and higher in the sky and we can use that to help us navigate. Um, the guru of natural navigation is undoubtedly Tristan Gooley. Uh, if you've never looked at Tristan's work, um, I would urge you to Google the natural navigator. Uh, I went on a course with Tristan many years ago at his home uh, in West Sussex, and, uh, and, and then brought Tristan out to Oman to train some of my Uh, Omani instructors because that sky at night is 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 a navigational tool not so much in the UK where you can rarely ever see the stars but um, here in Arabia where 98% of the sky is clear every night you know then uh, it's a great way to help you get from A to B to get from here to Mecca if you're if you're doing the long traverse of of Arabia to do the Hajj for example but uh, Tristan states in his book that, that if you join the two horns of the crescent moon, uh, in a straight line and follow that line down to the ground, that pretty much gives you due south. And and we were putting that to the test last night and it's pretty accurate. Um, so the moon was up. That was lovely to see after two or three nights without the moon. Um, what was also lovely to see yesterday. Now, now back, back in Muscat, I have two dogs, rescue dogs, um, one is called Freya after the explorer Freya Stark, and one is called Dora, and Dora was Philby's wife. So, Philby named uh, a bird after his wife. So, my dog is named after his wife. He also named a bird, Dendrocopus doria, the Arabian woodpecker. Um, there aren't many trees in Arabia, so pretty pretty unemployed woodpecker most of the time, I would think. But uh, there's enough around to keep keep the odd woodpecker busy. But so Dendrocopus doria named after his wife. And uh, I'm surrounded by birds in this acacia tree, and uh, also there's a, a Philby's partridge. And uh, Reem and I, Ream and I spotted uh, a couple of partridges yesterday because uh, the Harat is, is is a place where people can't hunt very easily. So animals and birds take greater uh, security by being in the Harat field. So it would have been lovely. We couldn't see them closely enough to know whether they were Philby's partridge, but uh, you know. For us, they were Philby's Partridge, and that's good enough. Definitely Partridge. Um, For Philby, Uh, yesterday he he, he didn't go through the Herat fields of course his guides would have known not to because it would have been extremely difficult for camels we found evidence of one dead camel in the middle of it all but uh, no signs of camels trying to go through it's so difficult for their feet uh, and uh, it's a real ankle-breaking country so Philby went around the great plain and uh, of raqba and uh, you know you may recall yesterday in yesterday's podcast he was speaking about how 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 painful the day had been and how exhausted he was because his camel had been limping it's got a got a bit of flint in its hoof but uh, he swapped camels uh, very sensibly uh, his 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 guides could see the discomfort that he was in and he wrote in his book the day had witnessed a further shuffling of our camels. I began the march on the beast I had ridden the previous day, but my discomfort had become so apparent to all that a change was unanimously voted as necessary, especially as no lagging could be tolerated in the altered circumstances. One of my companions surrendered his mount for my benefit, and for the first time I experienced the delight of riding a perfect camel. In Himra as she was called from her coat of sandy dun, there was no blemish. She alone, long trained, almost from infancy, answered to her name, the mere whisper of which was enough to make her arch back her neck to receive food from one's hand. All things came alike to her, a wisp of hay, a lump of dates, a slice of bread, and even a hunk of cold camel meat. Her paces were perfect and buoyant, walking or trotting and for me the day was one of perfect enjoyment marred only by the thought that I had robbed poor Tammy of the beast he loved with a passionate love. Henceforth to the end of the journey I rode her and her alone proudly conscious that I bestrode as good an animal as any in Arabia. So Philby obviously ended that day on a on a high and uh, and now he's very, very close to his target of the hill community of Taif. And it was Christmas Eve, a uh, very special time for him, Christmas Eve 1917. And, uh, and the final quotation I'll read for today was that it was Christmas Eve and we camped far out on the plain at a height of 3,900 feet above sea level. So he was slightly ahead of us here. We... we We eventually ran out of daylight and found a a campsite that we felt was relatively sheltered from the wind. It wasn't great, though. We're at about about 3,500 feet here. Uh, But he was well within sight of his goal, ringed around by the black camps of the Bedou. The air was cold and crisp. The full moon shed its grateful light on the peaceful countryside where the shepherds watched their flocks. Irresistibly, my thoughts carried me back over 1900 years and more to just such a scene as this when simple herding folk received the first tidings of an event destined to change the history of the world.